welcome to Impacting Jamaica, where we shine the spotlight on the many but often ignored positive happenings, activities, projects and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, Red Stripe, Kyramed and Proven Investments Limited. Hello everyone, welcome to Impacting Jamaica. I'm Tamika Gordon and I'm speaking today with Adrian Reed, a young entrepreneur who operates a tour company. It's called Guaroka Tours and we're talking to him about his journey and his plans as a budding entrepreneur and somebody who is on the cusp of things in terms of helping visitors and Jamaicans to explore our beautiful country. Thank you for joining us, Adrian. Hi, Tamika. Thank you very much for having me today. Our pleasure. Our pleasure indeed. So, first of all, let's talk about the name of your company. What does it mean? And can you actually, you know, just tell us how you came up with that name? All right, so the company name is Guaroco Tours, and this term was, com um, we came up with this name, myself and two other friends, uh, based on the fact that we, the aim of my tour company is pretty much to impart knowledge to persons, and so in speaking out a name, not wanting to seem too, you know, commonplace, I didn't want to use my personal name or one of my nicknames or anything like that, so we then delved into different Taino languages and different um, China language, um, Spanish, and a few other indigenous languages trying to find a term that, you know, would bring across the message that we're trying to portray with the company name. And so we found the word Guaroco and we pretty much did a misspelling of it. And the meaning behind the whole thing is the impart imparting of knowledge to persons who come on our excursions. Okay, very interesting indeed. But let's backtrack a bit before we start talking about the company and talk about the man behind the company. Adrian, how did you come to be a tour company operator? Is this something that you always thought of as a child? Well, as a child, I always had a passion for teaching. I always wanted to become a teacher and eventually a principal for a school. And so my studies in school ranged from... Um, from, um, from primary school level, I actually started doing a lot of work in that area in terms of, you know, we'd always pretend like we're playing classroom and those kind of things. So I used to be the teacher and so on. And then in high school now, I, in our history teacher at the time, Mr. Lawrence, he, you know, did such a great job in imparting the knowledge about history to us that we actually developed, myself and a few other friends, developed a passion for history and wanting to also impart this knowledge to other persons that we would interact with. And so... That now led to me at the University of the West Indies um, studying a, de a degree in history education initially. But then after some time, I realized that there was some hiccups that were going on in the Department of Education. And so I switched to doing a degree in history and archaeology instead of the educational degree that I initially started out with. Okay, and all of that has helped to frame the background and, and framework for a tour company. Yes, exactly. So, is there, where did you grow up? Where are you from? All right. So, I'm from the mythical, I call it that way. Um, I call it like, I mentioned it like that, um, parish of Hanover. Reason being, a lot of persons tend to forget that the, the parish of Hanover actually exists in the country. And so, I grew up in a community called Marchtown District. 
and I went to the Cave Valley All Aid School. So in Marchtown, I, I grew up with my guardians, um, nieces and nephews. And so we would be running up and down in the bushes, you know, playing all sorts of different games, going to um, bird bush, going to mango bush, going to the river and all these kind of things. You know, the little things that children do, um, of course, playing Dolly House here and there and all those kind of things. So all of these things, once again, kind of tied back into me wanting to actually teach people more things. So as a Dolly in the Dolly House situation, we would be, I, I would be the father, of course. And so I would be the one teaching the children about what to do and what not to do. Going to river, get to explore all the different um, bushes, for want of a better word, around where I grew up. I used to come across different historical ruins near to my guardian's farm. And so these things now actually, you know, sparked that interest in me from a very early age. And so I wanted to teach people about these things, you know, um, learning about the importance and the importance of these things from that have been around since ancient days in some cases. So all of those childhood experiences, going to play, going down to the river, looking at all those ruins, and then going to the university to study initially history and education and then history and archaeology. We've now had the, we know had we had the, the makings of the store company. Did you realize all along that this is what you wanted to do? When did it um you know morph? When did it come into being for you? Well, things started off with the tours. Um in my first year in 2010 at the university, where um as a new student to the university, I started um working with my department, history and archaeology. And mm -hmm. so we were called upon, myself and a few other friends, were called upon on research, UA Research Day to actually carry persons around, showing them what the campus has to offer and also teaching them more about the history of the campus, it being a very historical site in, in, in itself. So mm -hmm. from that time, I used to carry persons around for tours and this gradually developed into myself and others being recruited by the university's marketing office to do tours for research day and eventually turn into an every week kind of thing where different schools used to send their students in. So from the primary level, the basic school, the um, high school level, they used to send their students to UA just to you know to give them the option or teach them the options about what exists beyond their studies at the level that they're currently at. So what tertiary education looks like. So from that time point in time, we used to do these tours of the campus of 40 students. And then this gradually grew into other visitors getting the tour as well, because they realized at the marketing office how well we conducted ourselves while doing these tours. And so we started doing tours for visiting professors, visiting general visitors um, who wanted to do, learn about the campus and even universities that came to visit and eventually dignitaries from different countries would um, make use of our services as tour guides of the campus. So all of these things then gradually led to me, you know, developing the idea that, you know, I could actually turn this into something more profitable or something that I could use to help teach more persons because persons interact with, for example, the university sites on a daily basis, but they don't know exactly what they're interacting with. For example, the aqueduct that exists on the university's campus is a very historical piece, but persons just walk past it as an old piece of wall every day. So when they hear the history behind these things now, that, they, that is when they develop that actual appreciation for what exists, what it actually means. Means, right. And how it, it, it merges into the fabric of the whole university experience exactly. and university life. Yes. So 
we have your childhood experience, we have your educational background and your natural inclination to explore and to go to places fusing together to form what is now your tour company operation. Yes. When did you actually think of formalizing it? I remember um, you noted as, as well that you, you, had, you started it before COVID, is, is that correct? Yes, definitely. Um, so it started off before COVID. Um, after graduating from undergraduate, uh, my undergraduate degree, I started off doing my master's. And at around the same time, that is when I actually was, for want of a better word, discovered as an, a chaperone, which um, in this case would mean that I would carry around on campus and off campus the students from different visiting universities. So a lot of universities from overseas used to send their students to spend in some cases a two weeks, some cases months in Jamaica where they would do additional studies for their, for example, educational degree or so that they're doing. And so I would be the chaperone for these groups whenever they came. And after some time not being, I took some leave from my master's degree. And at that point in time, now I focused on offering this service to these different universities. I dealt so well with these universities that this, the professors from them used to then, you know, recommend my services to whomever takes over the program in the following year, if it is not themselves. And so I developed a good reputation with these visiting universities for many years to the point where even to this day, a lot of them still call upon me for my services. So I gradually built up from there. And then I realized that, you know, a lot of persons coming in to the University of the West Indies and other universities around actually want to explore other aspects of Jamaica. And so from there, I also offered things like hikes and different excursions to beaches and other areas across the island. Um, working with the tours on campus also, I was along with some other friends again, somewhat discovered by external tour companies that would then call upon us to do tours for their clientele. And then this led me to also realizing that, whoa, this is something that I could also do because you know I, I'm already doing it for these people, so why not do it for myself? And so I came up with the idea then and gradually built it into a tour company. So you, you, you formalized the company exactly when? Um, officially, the name was registered in... If memory serves correct, it was January 2021. At the, um, yeah, I think 2021. So during COVID, because at this point in time, we were allowed to do a lot of things online. So versus going to companies' offices to sit down in a long line for the whole day, I was able to do most of the process online and then actually get the company registered. Okay, so you weren't, were you impacted in, operate, in your operations by the pandemic? Well, yes. Initially, what was that experience like? Well, initially we had to end up canceling a lot of um, planned tours. I was actually in the process of, right when COVID came, I was in the process of marketing a package that we, uh, well, a tour package that we had um, put together for touring the parish of Portland with a friend of mine, Melanie, who also operates a small tour, uh, tour company. Um, so we had been marketing that package and then COVID came. And so we had to then postpone it with the hopes that, you know, it wouldn't have been such a long lockdown or long process of having to deal with the pandemic but eventually we ended up having to cancel the whole excursion overall but otherwise it has impacted me in the sense that you know I've had to reduce numbers for different excursions and also in some cases had to like completely cancel plans that were in place to actually get um, persons out there and visiting different places. So your business was formally off the ground or it wasn't yet off the ground outside of what you were doing for UE, were you actually taking people to various excursions and places before the pandemic hit 
Um, on a smaller scale, yes, I used to do like just hikes alone. That was it. Okay, but you you formalized the company in mm -hmm. 2021, so we would have been pretty much in the heights of the COVID pandemic. Exactly. What are some of the lessons that you learned, though, as a budding entrepreneur coming out of that experience? Well, I'm planning ahead and also making sure that, you know, you have, well, in this case, contingency plans in case of, for example, I've had a lot of experiences where I've had persons sign up for doing different excursions, for example, a hike. And then at the last minute, they end up pulling out and so on. And then what would happen as a result is, you know, you would, as a company, because at the time I was still learning about the whole process of putting policies into place. So at that point in time, I would then end up operating at a loss because, you know, people pull out. And so the cost that is the overhead cost that would have been associated with the whole um, tour would have then fallen onto my pockets in that case. But these are lessons that you would have learned as a as an entrepreneur, as a businessman on the whole, yeah. on yes, the whole. Exactly, exactly. Right. Yes, and then since I didn't have much guidance in terms of doing that part, so it would just be me and some of my other friends who were doing the whole process and going through the motions. Many of us didn't have that much of a business background, and so we wouldn't have known a lot of these lessons from before. And so we pretty much learned by getting the burn from these, um, you know, cancellations and so on that would have impacted us in the operations. So now that you're in it, I'm, I'm assuming that you've gained, uh, you know, far more experience or greater experience. Yes. What are some of the lessons that you would impart? What are some of the things that you would say to somebody who wants to start up a business and not just a business, but maybe a business like yours? All right. So in the lessons I would um, try to share in this case is always have a team together. It may not, they may not necessarily be, you know, underground working with the actual um, business itself, but they can help to do things behind the scenes if needs be. Have a team that can help to, you know, motivate you and help to push things along for you and help you to, you know, give you that drive to keep going, even when things seem a bit dismal or, you know, seem like they may not be making sense. Yeah, so you have your team together and those persons can help to actually drive you further, you know, help you to get things done. Um, if it's a case where you're on your own, then I would say, you know, do the necessary research in the area that you're trying to, um, to you know, venture. Do the necessary research and see, you know, what are the um, things that you need to bear in mind. For example, if you need to get insurance or you need to get um, various types of equipment, you know, protective gear or whatever the case may be, do the research. And that will help you to properly prepare and put your plan together as to what you want to do and what you plan to get your company doing out there. Okay. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it that comes to mind at the moment. So it, you, you were not able because of the pandemic um, and the restrictions to mitigate the spread of the, of the virus, you were not able to be offering any physical excursions. Is there anything that, you know, I know you said you registered in 2021. Is there anything that you, how did you pivot? How did you, um, you know, reorganize or restructure what you wanted to do around the impact of the pandemic and then to come back now and be able to offer the services that you have? Well, throughout the pandemic, what I would have done with my team in this case, um, like I said, my team comprises of myself and some of my other friends. Um, so we would have done, you know, some planning ahead, you know, looking to see what exists out there, what are the popular spots and those kind of things. So we would then look to see what the 
um, what's the word I'm looking for? What the desire is for persons or what the demand is for persons to go to these places and so on. So we would have then put together some different packages for, you know, offering to see what different offerings to see what persons would want. Um, put the prices together, add some different stops and so on, size of interest and so on together, um, together in these different packages. So we could actually have them available for when the pandemic eased up. So we we're actually able to, you know, hit the ground running, um, put together our different policies for payment, um, get different equipment. For example, when we do um, the hikes that we do aren't always to the Blue Mountain Peak. And so sometimes we go to Hollywell to camp out and so on. So, you know, get different material together, like, for example, our flashlights, get our power banks together, those kind of things that we want to have to make sure our clientele are comfortable while they're on the different excursions with us. So, oh, yeah, so you took the time to acquire implements or tools that you're actually going to need when you exactly. actually launched up again or yes, got yes. back on the road. Mm -hmm. Do you have a background in tourism? I know you said you studied history and archaeology, but do you have an, an, any, any background at all, any working experience with res respect to tourism? Well, in about 2014, um, we, myself and a friend of mine, well, two of us, well, three of us in this case, we actually got an internship at the Tourism Product Development Company, where oh. we were working on some different projects, helping to update the national inventory of historical sites, historical and natural sites. So we actually went across the island for the company and did the updating of the listing, you know, see what exists out there in terms of historical sites. So the different built history. So a lot of the ruins would have been on there and they would have, there, while there are others that were not on it. So we would then put together these lists of different sites that exist versus what no longer existed because, you know, in some cases, development would have taken out some of the sites that would have been on the listing from before. And so we updated this inventory for the company. And then gradually from there, we started to delve into various other small projects or different projects for the company. So started in about 2014 and gradually we were there roughly on different internships till about 2018. How did um, that experience, though, help you in your work as a tour company operator? Well, it kind of gave me an, a look into the internal operations of a tour company or what is be, the behind-the-scenes work that goes into different tour companies, what they need to do to register, um, to operate properly, and also at the same time, through visiting the different sites um, in the inventory update project, we, I will, I, in this case, would have seen a lot of different interesting sites that exist out there and then be able to put them into packages that can be offered to different visitors based on the section of the island that we're exploring. Okay. We're taking a break now to hear from our sponsors. Searching for a one-stop solution to all your facilities maintenance needs? Visit Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center. We stock a wide range of COVID-19 washroom, cleaning and other supplies, gardening tools, chemicals and more. Our experts are always ready to give you the best advice. Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center, 14 Collins Green Avenue, Kingston, Freeport Commercial Center, Montego Bay and 33 Ward Avenue, Mandeville. Visit or call us today, 876-920-47215. Grace has been part of some special moments over the years, helping to make them, well, more memorable, even when they're a little bit unexpected. 
And with 100 years of great taste behind us, you can be sure we'll be making even more moments for a hundred years to come. Grace, taste that moves you. John John, I know you're in there. I want to wait light to come back. I know Pinky this time. Akeisha. Keisha, just like me tell Pinky. Give GPS your number and then we'll send your text with them things here. So you can't stop, knock my door. What do you mean? DM or call JPS and tell them to add your phone number to your account and you will know everything all the time. You're not for us. Send your current contact information and always be in the know. Visit jpsgo.com for more info. Welcome back. I'm speaking with Adrian Reed, a tour company operator, budding, entre- budding entrepreneur, small business operator, somebody who is passionate about educating visitors and locals alike about the various historic sites that we have in Jamaica and getting people out there to enjoy our beautiful country. Thank you for staying with us, um, Adrian. One of the, the questions I wanted to ask as well is... Um, we spoke about the lessons that you got out of, you know, the pandemic and, and, and all of that and how your experience has come to bear on what you actually do now. But what is the greatest challenge that you've had in starting up a tour company and, and throughout your operations thus far? So transportation is one of the main issues I've been encountering. Um, reason being, transportation can actually make or break a tour. Reason being, if the transportation is late, then that can throw off the whole itinerary that you have planning or had planned. Or if it's um, the driver isn't as knowledgeable about the roadway, then that could in- impact the way that you as a tour guide is able to then carry on with the tour because at different intervals, you're going to have to be saying, you know, turn left, turn right, or whatever the case may be. And at the, at the other part which the other part which impacts a lot of entrepreneurs now who don't have their own transportation would be the cost so the cost that you usually give for a package is usually includes transportation and so depending on the cost or the type of company that you get transportation from this can either make or break the tour in the sense that you know you might end up having to charge a price that may not seem attractive to persons and so persons may be turned off by the package that you're offering as a result so transportation is the main thing that i've seen that has been a problem for me and so even right now i'm even looking into getting my own vehicle so i can actually you know that was gonna be my next question in terms of how do you see yourself surpassing that challenge yes so that is how i've um yes getting my own vehicle is the way that i've been looking into getting over this challenge that i've encountered um because at the end of the day you can't really for want of a better word ball on a man price or phrasing, you can't borrow a man price because at the end of the day, he has to pay his driver, he has to pay for gas and upkeep of the vehicle and everything. So while you're trying to save some money in the sense that you're trying to make a profit for your tour company, you can't really call on the price of somebody who has a transportation company in this case. So what I've been looking into is actually getting my own vehicle to see how I can go about mitigating the costs associated with offering some of these packages that I have. So are all of your tours educational tours? Tell me about some of the things that you offer. Well, majority of them tend to have a little educational spin to it. Um, For example, a few weeks ago, at the beginning of October, I offered a tour to Portland. So the tour was referred to as um, not one, but two river flicks. And so the aim of that tour was actually to take people to go and 
go to rafting at the Rio Grande. So they got to raft and afterwards they would have gotten to go to Somerset Falls. So you go to swim, you go to, you know, um, go underneath the falls and all these kind of things, boat ride and what have you. So those were the main attractions for that tour. While the educational part of it came in where we visited the Charleston Maroon Village. So we went to the museum there. You got to, the, the persons on the tour actually got to learn more about the Maroon um, history in Jamaica and also learn about the dances that they do and the drumming, the blowing of the abeng and those kind of things. They actually got to practice the dance, hear the abeng being blown and actually got to understand the message that the abeng was portraying at the time. So is there much of a demand for these kinds of tours? Actually, yes, there are. There are. A lot of persons do. They go to, for example, a Portland on a regular basis, but they don't necessarily know what exists outside of the one area that they're going to visit. Because even one of the persons that were, was on that tour, she goes to Portland practically every weekend. And when the tour was finished, she was saying, wow, all of these things have been driving past every day going to Portland, and I never realized that they existed. So the educational part comes in where, you know, I'm actually able to teach people what exists along the way to on their daily path that they take, what exists on that path that is of importance to them as a person and also historically important to the country. What was it like getting into or breaking into this kind of a, a niche, this kind of a business as a, a small man, you know, a, just a young man trying to, to offer a product? Because there are other larger, more established tour companies. What was your experience getting into this? Well, so far, I haven't really encountered any hit back from any of the larger companies. Um, I actually work well. I do a lot of collaborations with other small companies. And so that also helps to bolster the package or the offerings that I have. Um, so I have my own clientele, they have their own clientele and also their reach outside of their clientele and everything. So we're both able to then reach the different groupings and actually get persons in for the, um, the excursions that we have. Oh, so, so there wasn't really a challenge for you to break into the market? Not really, because my name was already known for giving tours from the get-go. So since the early days at UE and so on, persons had known about me doing tours. And so they would have then, you know, reached out to me whenever somebody, for example, comes in from overseas and they say, you know, they want to have the person experience Kingston or go around Kingston, then they would call upon me to say, you know, this person because is Because you already had experience. In, exactly. In, your name exactly. was already here. Yeah. Um, let's talk about your, your vision we have, you know, just a few minutes remaining. It's been an interesting conversation, but where do you see your company going? Well, gradually um, growing more and more, um, looking into what other offerings we can provide. Um, right now, thinking about gastronomical tours and other forms of excursion because there's a market for it, but I haven't tapped into that market as yet. So looking into what other offerings are there and seeing what you know, the demand is like out there for these different offerings to then have them, you know, offered by my company. Um, so I'm looking to grow, have a team of persons working with me where it doesn't, it gets to a point where I'm not the only one offering a tour as a tour guide. So I probably would have another tour guide or two that could then, for example, lead a hike to the mountains or lead a, a trip on the South Coast, something along those lines. So, yeah, Any plans to go into other Caribbean countries to offer, you know, tours to take people from Jamaica, maybe somewhere else? Well, that one would be definitely further down the road once I can get, for example, a, a, an, an airline link or something along those lines or a, a foot in the door in those countries. So that is something for further down the line. But for now, 
I'm focusing on just exploring Jamaica with those who come in and also those who are on their way in um, to see, you know, help them to see what exists here. And of course, I'm not leaving out the locals. So a lot of people live here and don't know what exists in and around their communities and the, the country in general. So the aim is to actually work with these people, get them to learn more about the country and the rich history that we have here. And then from there, you know, gradually branch out to offer more and more options for a person wanting to explore the country. Thank you, Adrian, and we wish you all the best on your continued endeavors. This has been Impacting Jamaica. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Red Stripe, Kyramed, and Proven Investments Limited. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate, and encourage, send us an email to impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on Google Podcast, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com.